Welcome to Compass with Helady Michelia. Finding direction for your life. Greetings of grace and peace. We want to bless God once again. I'm Helady Michelia bringing you the word of God through this medium. We bless God for the opportunity to bring the word. The Bible says he sent forth his word and his word heals us and it delivers us from all of our destruction. I tell people that God's primary response to any challenge in your life is his word. I believe that you are being blessed by the teachings that are coming from this platform. I want to welcome you to this wonderful new year and I want to welcome you to the big things that God is going to be doing in this year and through you. Um, I just want to take this time and just uh, uh, share the word of God with you. I have been I began this year teaching on the purpose-driven life. I began this year by teaching on the purpose-driven life. And I want to encourage you, you can use this study as a devotional. You know, you can just have the family all around at this time every day. It's just 15 minutes. It's not going to make you late for school. It's not going to change anything majorly, but it's going to change your life. It's going to it's going to try it's going to cause great transformations in your life. And I want to encourage you to be a part of this study. And so we are looking at um at at, at the study, you know, purpose driven life, you know, and I call it 40 days of impact or 40 days of purpose. And uh, we have been looking at it. This is day three, and the topic for day three is what drives your life. What drives your life? Everyone's life is driven by something. Everyone's life is driven by something. The Living Bible in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 4 says, I observed that the basic motive for success is the driving force of envy and jealousy. Something is driving the life of people. Most dictionaries define the verb drive as to guide, to control, or to direct. Whether you are driving a car, a nail, or a golf ball, you are guiding, controlling, and directing it at the moment. What is the driving force in your life? What drives your life? What is the driving force of your life? Right now, you may be driven by a problem. Some people are driven by a problem. Right now, there may be a problem over your So Every decision you are making, everything you are doing is because there's a problem. A pressure. You know, you're under pressure for something... Uh, you may be under pressure right now for something. Maybe it's the beginning of the year and you're thinking of children's school fees or whatever it is that you may be thinking about. Something is putting you under pressure. Or a deadline. You may be driven by a painful memory, a haunting fear, or an unconscious belief. There are hundreds of circumstances, values, and emotions that can drive your life. You know, and I want to look, at, look with you. I want us to look at the five most common, you know, drivers or the five most common things that drive people. Number one, many people are driven by guilt. They spend their entire lives running from regrets and hiding their shame. Guilt simply means feeling bad about something that you have done in your past or something that happened to you in your past. That's what it means to have guilt. Guilt-driven people are manipulated by memories. They allow their past to control their future. They often unconsciously punish themselves by sabotaging their own success. When Cain sinned, his guilt disconnected him from God's presence. Now understand this. It was his guilt that disconnected him from God's presence. It was not God that disconnected himself from Cain. It was the guilt of what he had done that made Cain to run away from the presence of God. And God said, 
you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. That describes most people today, wandering through life without a purpose. We're a product of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of that past. You are a product of what you did, yes. There are things we have done in our past. There are decisions that we have taken in our past. Maybe you got pregnant out of wedlock and now you know you have a child out of wedlock and possibly you couldn't have an education because of that pregnancy or something or you were thrown out of your job or whatever. You are a product of your past, yes. But you don't, you know, you don't have to be a prisoner of it. God's purpose is not limited to your past. You know, because... God turned a murderer named Moses into a leader and a coward named Gideon into a courageous hero. You know, you have to understand that God is a master of turning the things that should have been a disadvantage from our past and using it to do great and amazing things for the rest of our life. God specializes in giving people a fresh start. You know, it's important that you understand that. Number two, some other people are driven by resentment and anger. They hold on to hurts and never get over them. Instead of releasing their pain through forgiveness, they rehearse it over and over in their minds. You know, I remember one time, the long, the, 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 one of the longest counseling I ever had, I sat with two, you know, two elderly people, you know, and I remember clearly, I sat with them, and I remember that they talked with me, and as we're talking, trying to resolve, you know, an issue in the family, the woman would look at the man and say, you did this to me in 1989. Now I'm talking about 20, 20, 20, 13, 20, 14. And the woman would say, you did this to me in 1989. Do you remember? You did this to me in 1980. And you did this to me in 1980. These are people who are living in resentment. These are people who are living in anger. You know, some resentment-driven people clam up and internalize their anger while others blow up and explode it onto others. Both responses are unhealthy and unhelpful. Resentment always hurts you more than it does the person you resent. While your offender has probably forgotten the offense and gone on with life, you continue to stew in your pain, you know, perpetrating the past. This is very, very interesting. Sometimes the people who hurt you have moved on. They're living their lives and all of that. But you, you are still in that pain. You know, those who have hurt you in the past cannot continue to hurt you now unless you hold on to the pain through resentment. Your past is past. Nothing will change it. You are only hurting yourself with your bitterness. For your own sake, learn from it and let it go. This is very, very important. You know, you have to let go of the past. It's only hurting you. You know, it's not hurting any other person. You know, I've met a lot of people as a pastor. I meet a lot of people. You know, even when you are trying to show them how to resolve the problem, they can't see resolution. They are only seeing the pain of what has happened. No matter how you try to explain to them, no matter how you try to bring and tell them, look, let's let go of this. Let's look into the future. What can we do about the future? The past is gone. There's nothing you can do to change about the past. What can we change about the future? They don't want to change the, 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 the future. They want to stay in the past. Many people are driven by fear. Their fears may be a result of a traumatic experience, unrealistic expectations, growing up in a high-control home, or even genetic predisposition. Regardless of the cause, fear-driven people often miss great opportunities because they are afraid to venture out. Instead, they play it safe, avoiding risks and trying to maintain the status quo. Fear is a self-imposed prison that will keep you from becoming what God intends for you to be. 
you must move against it with the weapons of faith and love. The Bible says, well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. So what we're saying is that there are people who fear is the controlling factor of their life. Fear, they just fear everything. They never try anything. They never take risks. They never move on. They just don't do anything. Whenever, you, whenever a proposition is brought, the first thing they want to check out is how safe is it. They want to play it safe. They have the fear of everything. The fear of people. The fear of things. The fear of to, to, do, to go into a business. They fear everything that is along their life. And so these people, they never really exist. They never really live. You know, they never really enjoy anything that God has provided. You see, life is, is, is such that it goes along with risks. You cannot live life without some form of risk. You know, it's very, very important that you understand that. You cannot live life without any form of risk if you want to make sure you make the best out of life. And then there are another group of people. Those are people who are driven by, by materialism. Their desire to acquire becomes the whole goal of their lives. Their desire to acquire. I saw, I saw something recently on social media that blew my mind. A lady wrote something. She said, the only language she understands is money. I was shocked that a person could even say something like that on social media. I mean, she wrote it that she said, the only language she understands is money. These are people who are driven by materialism. You know, this drive to always want more is based on the misconception that having more will make me more happy, more important, and more secure. But all three ideas are untrue. Possessions only provide temporary happiness because things do not change. We eventually become bored with them and then we want newer, bigger, better versions. You know, it's about this, it's like about this craze for phones, you know. When people just today, today they tell you that there's this uh, version of the phone, and then tomorrow they tell you version 2.0 is out, and then next tomorrow they tell you version 7 is out, and then other time they tell you version 10 is out, you know, and you keep going for new. I, I, I mean, sometimes I've been to a shop and then I saw somebody come with a good phone, perfectly, nothing wrong with the phone. And then the seller says, what would, what can I do for you? They say, I want to, I, I, I want to sell this phone. I want to pawn this so that I can buy the letters. Which one is the letters that you have? Nothing is wrong with that phone. But, you know, they live a life where they think that more is better. You know, more is better. It's also a myth that if I get more, I will be more important. Self-worth and net worth are not the same. Your value is not determined by your valuables. And God says the most valuable things in life are not things. Oh, I never forget the scripture where God spoke and said, For the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. You know, the most common myth about money is that having more will make me more secure. It won't. Wealth can be lost instantly through a variety of uncontrollable factors. Real security can only be found in that which can never be taken from you, your relationship with God. That's where real security is. That's where real security is. I mean, people with private jets are falling out of the sky. People with the largest number, with, I mean, with the great large, largest bodyguards, armies, and everything taking care of them. In fact, the, the very people who are supposed to who are supposed to be their bodyguards have turned on them. You know, so there is no security in anyone or anything except in God. And finally, many people are driven by the need for approval. 
they allow the expectations of parents or spouses or children or teachers or friends to control their lives. I have this friend of mine, one day I was talking with him, and I said, why did you read this course? You know, because I could see that the course was, was being very difficult for her. And she said, well, my father said I should read that. They were controlled but you know them and she has lived all the rest of her life regretting why she read that course because she was not just made up for that kind of thing she was made up for something different but she read something different because of her parents they allowed the expectation of parents or spouses or children or teachers or friends to control their lives many adults are still trying to earn the approval of unpleasable parents others are driven by peer pressure always worried by what others might think unfortunately those who follow the crowd usually get lost in it. I, you know, I don't know the key to success, but I will tell you this. One way that you are guaranteed to miss the will of God is to try to please everyone. Jesus said, a man cannot serve two masters. He will hate one and, and, and love another. Nothing matters in life more than knowing God's purpose for your life. The only thing that you're supposed to live your life for. The only thing that is supposed to drive your life is the purpose of God for your life. Nothing can compensate for not knowing the purpose of God for your life. Without a purpose, life is a motion without meaning, activity without direction, and events without reason. Without a purpose, life is trivial, it is petty, and it is pointless. You know, and it's important that we understand this. That knowing your purpose is what gives your life a meaning. Knowing your purpose is what gives your life a meaning. You have a reason for existing. You know, knowing your purpose simplifies your life. It defines what you do and what you don't do. You know, I can tell you this. There are a lot of things I don't do. There are a lot of places I don't go to. There are events I don't attend. There are things I'm not interested because I have discovered my purpose. Because I have discovered my purpose. It's not that they, those things may even be bad, but they are just not in line with what I have been created for. You know, there are things, there are places I don't even invest my money in because they are not in line with what I have been called to do. Your purpose becomes the standard you use to evaluate which activities are essential and which aren't. You simply ask, does this activity help me fulfill one of God's purposes for my life? If it doesn't, then it's not part of what you're supposed to be doing. Knowing your purpose focuses your life. It concentrates your effort and energy on what's important. You become effective by being selective. I learned this a long time ago, that the way to be effective in life is to learn to discriminate. You cannot be part of everything and still be successful in life. I learned it, that the best way is to decide what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. Paul said, this one thing I do. He said, you didn't say this many things I do. He said, this one thing I do, which means I found what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm focused on doing it. Knowing your purpose motivates your life. Purpose always produces passion. Nothing energizes like a clear purpose. On the other hand, passion dissipates when you lack a purpose. Very, very important. You have to remember that. And finally, knowing your purpose prepares you for eternity. Knowing your purpose prepares you for eternity. I used to tell people that the worst thing that is going to happen before you is to stand before God and God was to ask you, what did you do with your life? And you give the wrong answer. That's an exam that you don't have a receipt for. 
and you have to understand that. So you have to know your purpose early in life. And that is the reason why we are taking time to study what we are studying at the beginning of this year. Well, our time is up. I want to encourage you to call the lines that will be announced after this broadcast and get a copy of the book Purpose Driven Life for free from I and my team. It's a day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. God bless you. I will see you at the next broadcast. Amen. I am sure you have been blessed by today's episode of Compass. Let's continue the interaction on our social media platforms at Hela E. Michelia on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, keep moving in the direction of your destiny.